Hey everybody, welcome to The Favorite Show, a podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name is Aaron. I'm Sean. I'm Shannon. And somehow you made it this far with us to our, what is this, our fifth episode? Fifth. Mm-hmm. Yes, our fifth episode. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And by now, we are on uh, so many different uh, podcast platforms. I know when we first launched, it started just on Spotify and Anchor. And now we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on a few others that I can't remember the names of. But there's, there's a <laughs> you know, a lot of places you can get podcasts you can find us. So however you found us, welcome to the show for our fifth episode. And yeah, for today's... Oh, do we have any... Uh, real quick, I, I gotta check. Do we have any uh, past episode updates for this week? Well, I've got one quick update, and that is that. So I mentioned that I had ninety-seven board games, and <laughs> some some bed sheets arrived from Prime Day, and there was another board game in there where apparently I had added it to the cart, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I shouldn't. And then my wife bought <laughs> bought this new this new bedding or whatever, and what do you know? We got another board game, so. Closer, getting closer into uh, to the one hundred mark. Nice, very nice. I was, I was thinking you were meaning it was like a cereal prize. I'm like, man, I don't get games <laughs> with my sheets. Oh, like it was wrapped up in there and it was like bonus. Yeah. There's a bonus. board game in here. That'd be sweet. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. You know, actually, in that case, I, I do have one other update uh, for people listening. We actually were all together uh, in the same uh, city for uh, like a week or so for like a mini family reunion. And just with everything being so busy and so crazy, we didn't record while we were in person. Uh, so we're still back to our remote recording. Yep. Yeah. But while we were there, I was at Sean's house and there was a big old bag of waffle crisp. And it was right. a joy. I loved it. It was so nice to have it again. Because I've been checking at the um, Walmart here in Burbank, and they still don't have it. So I'm going to keep checking. But yeah, that was that was a very pleasant surprise. In addition to, you know, being happy to see my siblings again since, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, for the first that time in two years or something. Crisp. Waffle Crisp was a highlight of that trip. Anyway, <laughs> that's my update. That's all I've got. Oh, good. Well, in that case, uh, with updates out of the way, um, today's topic is TV and film villains, our favorite villains from TV and film, which I mean, we could have gone even broader, but still, there's a lot of, a lot of material here. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many. And I felt like instead of just diving into movies, they like, I don't, I don't know if you guys find, found yourself asking this, but what makes a good, well, I, I guess that's like an oxymoron, but what, what makes a favorite villain? Right, like, like, what criteria are you going off of when, when you, when you were looking for your favorites? Once I started thinking about it, it did feel almost oxymoronic of like my favorite villain, like my favorite bad guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. But and and I, I'm uh, Shannon's going to go first. But when when I was picking, I've got my three that I want to talk about a little bit. The reason I actually picked my three is because they're so different from each other, especially because we're talking about it in terms of favorites. You know, you could look at a movie and see this villain is an excellent villain because they're so evil or because they're so easy to hate. Or there could be a villain who is fun, even though they're like the antagonist or they're the bad guy in the movie. They're still fun. They're still they make you laugh, even though they're the bad guy. Uh, So I feel like there's like a there's a big spectrum in picking you you know your favorite villain. Like what makes a good villain? So for me, when I was thinking about villains, I. 
I, I personally, for fun reasons, prefer thinking of of more like fictional characters rather than like a World War II documentary or something, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, thinking about that, I have this theory about movies that in order to build this new world, um, it has to do one or maybe both of these things. It has to build off of some common knowledge that we all have. Right of just standards of of life or social norms or just humanity, like the way that cities work and stuff like that. And then the other one is that as it establishes rules, it has to abide by those rules. Otherwise, it's just this jarring experience. And I was thinking with villains, kind of taking that one step to more details, it seems like to be something that's common, either a, a, a favorite villain for me is some a villain that it builds off of something I'm already afraid of, or it has to be somebody or have a background that I can relate to where it's good people doing bad things or bad people doing good things. It's not all clear cut. And anyway, that's not to get too philosophical, but that's kind of where I, I landed at least. I like that. Yeah. There's, there's, there's that relatability, but then that complexity. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I was thinking about that too. When I was trying to think of who my favorite villains were, I kind of sat down in front of the DVD collection, you know, and looked at all the things I own and scrolled through, you know, my list of favorite shows on Netflix or whatever. And I realized that for me, my most favorite villains are ones that are not necessarily quote unquote, a bad guy. Like, yeah. You can see where they're coming from. They just maybe are extra passionate about their issue or they don't go about it the most correct way or something like I gotcha. that. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I do, since I was going first, I'll, I'll start getting through my list. Yeah, go for it. I was thinking, you know, some of my honorable mention favorites are ones that are just cool villains. Like, I love Original Sleeping Beauty Maleficent. Yeah. That all of her like darks and lime greens and just like, she's just cool, you know? Yeah. She's not one that is super complex, I don't think. I I mean, I say this from I haven't seen, you know, the new Maleficent movies where they're kind of getting into her backstory, just traditional animated Sleeping Beauty. She's just a cool villain. Same thing with like Darth Vader. And we do kind of start to get some of his backstory and things with the prequels and whatever, but just standard original trilogy. Darth Vader is just cool with his scary, dark costume and like dark, deep voice and everything. He's just a cool villain. Um, But then I was trying to kind of go through and think through, you know, the other side of things, ones that are just really creepy that they kind of put you on edge, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and so my favorites for those would be the other mother from Coraline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is so scary. <laughs> and I mean it's a it's a kids movie, quote unquote kids movie. I wouldn't show it to very young kids. It's very creepy. But just the way she's animated and like her spindly like fingers and spidery tendencies and stuff. She's just a really good creepy villain she just kind of makes you uncomfortable yeah definitely she scares me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't even see that movie because i was too scared (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i did i was a weirdo that you know i always really enjoyed the kind of creepy movies like Coraline or nightmare before christmas or whatever 
then I was thinking through, you know, the villains that they've got a good redemption arc. Like what I was saying before, you kind of can understand where they're coming from and they get kind of deeper and have this cool redemption arc. Like I was thinking the Winter Soldier or Loki or if I'm really going that far, uh, Zuko from Avatar The Last oh, Airbender. Yeah, yeah. If I can count him as a villain, he would be my favorite. But I get he's not totally a villain. Well, he, he's on my list. I was going to talk about him a little too, yeah. <laughs> Which So that would bring me to my number one favorite villain that I kept coming back to as I was thinking of them is Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is just so, I don't know, she's... It's interesting to think that she is a teenager in the series. I think I was trying to find it that I think she's 14 or something. But, you know, you forget that because she's so powerful and daunting and just scary in the fact that she's so powerful and uncaring almost. And relentless, yeah. too. Yes. But then her the fact that she's a kid kind of shows up from time to time that, you know, she'll throw a tantrum or she gets a little unhinged until she gets very unhinged and just her unpredictability combined with yeah her ruthlessness and she just is a very solid villain and I, that makes her my number one favorite oh definitely and i i love uh the episodes the ember island stuff yes. i feel like that really what you were saying about like she's she's this really really kind of dark and relentless and ruthless villain. And she's also a kid, essentially a teenager. Then you really see that in the Ember Island stuff, like with the tantrums and like, she doesn't even know how to like talk to other kids her age. Like it's all just like this ruthlessness. And yes, and she's, and she's one of those villains that like, especially in those early episodes where she first appears, you know, and she's chasing them and they're trying to sleep and they can't sleep and she's just going after them nonstop. And I just found myself being like, leave them alone, you know? <laughs> like she was a she was easy to like really be mad at. She was a good villain for sure. Yeah. No, I agree that when she first is brought onto the show, she's just I mean, I don't feel like she really stood out. There were things about her that was like, ooh, yeah, like I hope the gang can get away from her. And she's kind of scary. And the more you got to know her, the more you see her interacting with her only two real friends and she doesn't treat them like friends. She is manipulative and cold with them while also, you know, like you said, the Ember Island episode, she's really, she's showing what she thinks is love because she's never really received real love. And just the way that we learn more about her in such a limited amount of time, like we really only had two seasons with her. It's a short show anyway. There's only three yeah. seasons altogether. Yeah. But the fact that it does kind of turn her into not just a faceless kind of bad guy that, oh, yep, there's the person who's shooting fire at them again. Hope they can get away. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and and it's been a while since I've seen it, but it seems to just build and build where it's like, oh, no, she wouldn't. No, she did. Wow. You know, <laughs> like and and uh, yeah, she's she's just ruthless and unpredictable. So I, I can definitely definitely see where you're coming from with her yeah for sure yeah i it was interesting trying to think through favorites my list you know is very long i just talked about i don't know like six <laughs> villains very quickly <laughs> but i found that that was the case for me is for the majority of villains i liked ones that you could really think about like 
I was thinking through, because Star Wars is one of my favorite things, and I was trying to think through all of the different villains that you see in Star Wars, and there were only a few that really stood out to me, because there's so many, and this isn't just Star Wars, this is, you know, so many, like, Marvel and whatever, that there were so many that, you know, it's just, it's the bad guy, it's the person that the good guys have to win against, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Well, there's such, uh, there's, there's just such that spectrum of 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 villains. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you if you mind. I I go next real quick because I I shared a few on the same list with 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 Shannon. If that's okay, Sean. Yeah, go right ahead. So the three villains that I picked, like I said, I picked them for different reasons. One of them was Darth Vader, and I and I want to talk about Zuko as well because I feel like they're a really good villain that are complex. I like a villain, yes. like you were saying, that has a complexity to him. And, you know, Darth Vader and Zuko both uh, start out, you know, at the very beginning of, of episode four, and Darth Vader comes in and he's tall and imposing and he's holding the guy up by his neck, you know, where are the plans and all that stuff. That's not what he sounds like, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't do the, I can't do James Earl Jones. I, just I, can't. I imagined it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, like he's so big and he's imposing and he's just an evil dude. And uh, but then the longer that original trilogy goes on, and not even just get not even getting into the prequels or any of his backstory, learning just in the original trilogy more about him, and he has a son, and what's this connection? And you know, Luke really feels like there's still good in him, and you know, there there is that complexity. And, and Zuko's the same way. You know, he starts out as just this like angry guy who just wants to get the avatar and he wants to kick everyone's butt and the longer you are with them the more you learn that there is more complexity to them and there's more reason why they are this way uh you know especially if you get into prequels you learn what all this has happened to anakin to make him into darth vader uh and the more you're spent the more time you spend with zuko and with uncle iroh to to learn why he is this way and then both of them have a really good redemption in the end you know i think in the in the end of the original star wars trilogy vader has his redemption and the ultimate bad guy is the emperor uh and likewise with zuko he he gets his redemption he comes back and he's not the ultimate villain in the end even though he basically is for the first season of of the last airbender uh so i i just i i like a good story arc i like that complexity so i thought that's why those guys were really good villains yeah well and if i can even just say again with zuko something i was thinking about with azula and zuko is how much their stories kind of flipped in the fact that you were saying the beginning zuko is a hothead and he just i gotta get the avatar my honor and whatever (laughs) yeah and then when we first meet azula she's so calm and collected and conniving but then this is a spoiler alert if you want to pause it skip ahead 15 seconds we should have started um, the episode with spoiler alerts <laughs> there's plenty of them <laughs> but then when we get a final battle with azula and zuko zuko is calm and very on top of his fire bending and azula is hot-headed and emotional and yeah she I she comes unhinged so cool. in the end yeah oh yeah yeah no that that's that's a very good point um, yeah, those, so, so that's why I, I picked those guys. Um, one of my other picks, uh, for my favorite villain was because they're just evil. Like they're just bad. And I feel like sometimes in a movie it is nice, or I shouldn't say nice. Sometimes in a movie, it's good <laughs> to have a villain who's just plain evil 
to have kind of that ultimate thing for people to fight against. And the one that I wanted to talk about for this is Judge Claude Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That guy, I just think he is one of the worst pieces of work in as far as a movie villain goes, which is funny because it's a Disney movie. Yes. But, uh, I actually did some looking up. Apparently, so obviously it's based on the book, uh, but the one of the producers of The Hunchback of Notre Dame said that they based a lot of Frollo's character, in addition to being on the book, he was based on the portrayal of Amon Gott, who is uh, from Schindler's List. And if you've seen Schindler's List, mm-hmm. Amon Gott is the commandant of the camp who is just ruthless and evil. And, you know, he, he wants the, uh, I forget her name. I should have looked it up, but the, um, one of the Jewish girls that he took that was like a maid and he's like got feelings for her and like, he's, he's a bad dude. And so the fact that this Disney villain is based on the portrayal of a real Nazi war criminal (laughs) gives you a little insight to how he is. But I just, I just think all throughout the whole movie, there are, there are no redeeming qualities to Frollo. You know, he starts, he starts the movie off by killing uh, Quasimodo's mom. And then when he gets called out by the arch archduke or whatever, or the, the, I think it's an archduke. Anyway, when he gets called out by it and he has that one moment of fear that like, he's going to be in trouble, then he takes him and he names him Quasimodo, which means like half formed or something. So he's already a butthead just in naming the kid. I don't think I realized that. Oh, it's it's uh-uh. it just goes on and on the whole movie, and then there's the whole thing where he's like really bewitched by Esmeralda. Not literally, like he's just lusting after her. She's beautiful and she dances, and he feels like she's just buried her her gypsy witchcraft inside of him, and he blames her for his own lust, and is and you know in the end is like submit to me or burn at the stake. I just don't see how it gets much worse than that. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, also, I know we don't want to get too political or, or, or uh, you know, any, anything like that on this show. But I just will say, obviously, it's wrong to persecute people and to ruin people's lives for any reason. But I feel like there's a little extra sense of evil that the fact that he's, he's using his faith and his, his, religious position as his motivation or as his excuse to do it. I just feel like that's a special kind of bad. Yeah. Anyway, not to get on too much of a soapbox with, with Frollo, but I just think Frollo is a evil dude. And I think as looking at movie villains, like, I don't know. I don't think they get much worse than him from a Disney movie, but he's just, I agree. He's a bad dude. I guess I hadn't even thought about, anything he did that was marginally good being motivated purely by fear as well. Like it, yeah, it, he's just a bad dude. Yeah. There are no Mm -hmm. redeeming qualities of him. And on a complete opposite spectrum, uh, my, uh, I think probably my very favorite movie villains, uh, are Yzma and Kronk (laughs) from the Emperor's (laughs) new group. And they're the complete opposite because they are so hilarious and just, they are a riot and they're Yzma, the bad put guys. Your hands in the air. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you say that and I'm like, I don't picture them as villains, but I mean, their whole point in that movie is they want to kill the emperor. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They are absolutely the villains in the movie. But I mean, the emperor's new groove is one of my favorite movies ever anyway, because it's so hilarious. And I feel like 
you know, I, I sometimes don't like when people are like, oh, they're overrated or underrated, but I genuinely think The Emperor's New Groove is an underrated Disney film. It's yeah. so it's funny so, and it's so, so good. So funny. But yeah, that you you hit it right on the head. Yzma, the whole point from the beginning is she's trying to murder Cusco to take over the throne and stuff. And it backfires, but it's all hilarious. And they're just so funny. And and the portrayals of them, I mean, Yzma was voiced by uh, the late Eartha Kitt, and it was just like the most perfect like voice for her. And then Patrick Warburton as Kronk, and he's just so dumb. And like they, the <laughs> chemistry they have together of butting heads, and like they, they definitely are some of my favorite villains because they're just so funny. And pull the lever, <laughs> wrong lever. <laughs> what a quotable movie that is. Yeah, too. everything they say. Kronk hit him on the head. Can't even let it go. Not even on your birthday. <laughs> you do a really good crock. That's a lot better than no, thank, mine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> poison. The poison designed to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. That poison? <laughs> yes, that poison. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are hilarious. And I think that that is part of why they're my favorite villains is they're definitely the bad guys, but they're just hilarious. And you end up, you end up enjoying them so much and loving them so much. You're not rooting for them. You know, they're the bad guys, but they just are so much fun. But those 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 were my main three. There were a lot of honorable mentions. I was thinking uh, the T one thousand from Terminator Two, how mm. that guy is just like cold and unfeeling and relentless and like but but personified but personified right yeah. like that's that's what makes it so interesting is it's in a human form that has these human behaviors that just are unhuman. Yeah, right? no matter how many times they blow him up or shoot him or crash him and uh, stuff, he just like reforms and keeps coming. It's like a nightmare. You know, you've had those dreams where like you just can't get away from someone. Like that's that's the T-1000. He's crazy. I there were so many others, the the Joker. There's so many versions Ooh, of the yeah. Joker that I think are just brilliantly done and even the Joker can be a complex character. Some versions of him, he's just nuts and bad. And other versions, you know, in different movies and stuff, you kind of see, like, he's this tormented soul. And why has he turned into how he is? So the Joker's super interesting. Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls was one that I thought was really interesting. He was a, I mean, he was just a bad dude. But, like, the way he was doing stuff in the show was so cool. Lucas from The Wizard? (laughs) That guy. That kid. Oh, that's great. (laughs) And I also thought it would be funny if we assigned some villains to movies that don't really have villains, like the vacuum of space in Apollo 13 is probably the (laughs) villain in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or P. Sherman from from Finding Nemo. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who the villain is in that movie. The Barracuda. The Barracuda at the very beginning. That's the villain. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I was even thinking recent movies like Soul. I was like, is it the construction guy that left the manhole cover (laughs) off? Or is it... Or, or is it the, the person, the gatekeeper on the other side? I don't know. <laughs> Who's the bad guy in this movie? Yeah. And it's, and, and I actually, Shannon, I thought you were going to talk about this, but I do also think it's interesting when movies don't necessarily have a clear cut villain. Like one of my favorite movies ever is Princess Mononoke. And it's such an interesting film because Ashitaka is the only person in that movie who's not also a villain like sort of mm-hmm. when you think about it like yeah like that's interesting yeah the, the iron town and the forest spirits are like against each other and you can kind of see both sides like well these people are doing this thing that's wrong but they're doing it for this reason and like lady aboshi is trying to kill the forest but she's also saving these lepers and you know it's such an interesting complex thing that if you try and look at it of like who is the villain 
I guess maybe Jigo. I, am I saying that even, right? Yeah, even but then, even though, him. I, like, I did think about this. That yeah, even with him, he's just. If anything, he's painting a picture of human greed. He's just in it for a paycheck. He just wants to get by. He says that several times in the film. Yeah, he's just he's just trying to get paid. He's just a simple monk doing his whatever. He's greedy, yeah. but yeah, I, movies like that I think are are so interesting where the lines are blurred and it's it's hard to pick out like, well, I hate this person. They're the bad guy because, well, maybe not. Yeah. So anyway. I was thinking that even with Black Panther, Killmonger was another one for me. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was an honorable mention that, I mean, yes, he is the villain of the film. He's villain in comic books, whatever. But if you really think about where he's coming from, why is he any more in the wrong than the country of Wakanda is. And it's really interesting to think about, you know, and I, yeah, I love that. The villains that make you think of, well, no, okay, they've got a good point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how when there are movies with clear-cut villains, they can be so opposite, like Frollo, nope, that guy is wrong. He's bad. (laughs) But also Yzma, like, nope, Yzma, you should not murder people to take their power. That's bad. (laughs) But they're totally opposite people, so... But yeah, no, that it's yeah, it's just a complex thing. It's it's funny to actually kind of dissect some of these films and TV shows and and see where things fall. Well, that leads that leads perfectly into uh, into my first favorite, nice. um, which is actually Magneto from the X Men TV yeah. series. Oh da, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> best yeah, one of the best theme songs ever. Uh, yeah, I still remember it. I, I I won't I won't sing anymore though. Um, <laughs> I know it's a favorite show, but. That's one of the best. <laughs> we can put best on that one. It's uh, I, so it's interesting. I actually didn't. I, I knew his background a little bit, and that's why I went to him. Where he firmly believes he is a good guy. He just has his approach, and it's interesting because you you see him and Professor X, and their different approaches, and they're actually friends. And sometimes they go head to head against one another, and sometimes they actually team up. And as I read some about it, they actually, when the first, they first appeared in comics, um, was in the early 60s. And actually in reading through the background, the, what shapes them, the, the description of what shapes them is based on the Holocaust. And what it was equated to was not, not even, not even to get into the details of something so horrendous as the Holocaust, but the Holocaust is equated with pure evil, what would you do in the face of pure, unadulterated evil? Just the the worst imaginable. And the outcome of that becomes Professor X, there has to be a, a better way. Um, at later times, Professor X was even was even related to compared to Martin Luther King Jr. and his approach during the human rights movement. And and Magneto, who again it if you if you're looking at somebody in the face of something pure evil like the Holocaust, and it actually with Magneto, it actually is written into his story that before his powers manifest, that he actually went to Auschwitz. And I anyway, like just thinking about this horrendous, I, and I don't mean to make light of it, obviously, with this being a comic or a cartoon. Oh, sure, yeah. But just this idea of of the background of pure evil, then taking a forceful act to where Magneto wants to make sure that this minority of 
of mutants is never subject to anything that he sees as pure evil. And all of a sudden, even though it's it's a very extreme example, you can definitely see where he's coming from and where he firmly believes he is the good guy doing the right thing for in the best interest of the other mutants. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I knew some of that backstory, but that's you can you can totally see both sides. You can see both perspectives. And I don't know. I I mean, part of this might be a little bit of nostalgia too cuz I just I thought, you know, I had this scale that I used to use with the X-Men where in order to find out how cool one of the X-Men actually was, you had to combine their um the coolness of their ability and the power of it and it was a combination of those two right so you had wolverine that was like super super cool but against an army you know he's just he's just a guy (laughs) and you know and then you have other people that like like gene who in any way is is actually really powerful taking people's abilities but it's like yeah that didn't seem that cool you're just a copycat and then magneto <laughs> like had this combination of the two right so it might just be some of the nostalgia but but that was that was one of my favorites to kick things off my next favorite is 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 i think probably a better example of being someone that i can relate to and also not being quite as clear cut and it's actually the villain, his name is Kristoff, and no, it's not from Frozen. Even though I, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> I know, I know. I had to, I had to clear that up. Wait, um, I think I know where you're going with this. Who is the executive producer and creator of the Truman Show? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, oh. yeah. Because as you start to get in, you don't even think of him as the villain. In fact, you kind of see him as this altruistic person. And he's making this situation happen. He talks, you know, really brags about Truman and the show and all these great things and the good that's being done. And then when push comes to shove, he becomes very utilitarian. He's like, well, this is what this is what's best for the world. Like, we can't just let this one man get what he wants at the cost of every other person who loves who loves this show throughout the world. And then even towards the end, he's like, well, let's just, let's just kill him. Let's just kill him right on live TV. Right. He was born on TV and then it became very selfish of it. I, I am, I am God in this scenario and there will be nothing that is outside of what I want. And looking back at it, I think it's interesting because you could make arguments that he really is one of these, one of these types of people, or he has one of these motivations. In fact, he may, you may even argue that he has other types of motivation and you don't really even think of him as the villain. You think of the obstacle being Truman's world of the actual walls of the actors of this entire system. But in the end, Kristoff is the orchestrator of that system. That's interesting. I had never thought of it that i love the truman show it's such a great movie and i had never thought of it that way but it really makes sense now that you kind of lay it out that way yeah that's it i have to watch that movie again from this different perspective because that really does make sense I, yeah i in fact i i was hoping to watch it before before this and didn't have the chance so hopefully may, maybe there'll be an update on another week if i come back and say no he's definitely this or <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's even more to him right but yeah, you just don't, it almost ca- catches you off guard. And he just seems like the voice of this larger system. But but I think, he, yeah, he's that orchestrator um, who really is the villain behind the scenes there. Yeah, that's a good point. 
My my last favorite is interesting because I I I put it off almost in a completely different category, and it was alluded to earlier, and that is the Joker from the Dark Knight. And I don't really fear the Joker from the Dark Knight, but I compare him more to like a dictator or somebody who in the world I don't I don't necessarily fear dictators out in the world. They don't have any reason to target me or to to take me into any kind of consideration, but it builds off of some of the fears I have, which is total chaos, right? Like if you think about getting on an airplane, like I'm not scared of any single person on there, but if it came right down to it, I don't trust any of these people following the guidelines. <laughs> if we have to get off that plane in an emergency, right? Like, sure, yeah, yeah. It's for just, sure. and, and nothing against any of those people. Like they probably feel the same way towards me. They're like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, heck, I'm out of here. I'm I'm getting off of this thing. I don't care about you. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. But what's interesting is the Joker ends up being the orchestrator of bringing out people's subconscious biases of of doing things that just create these chaotic situations. And if even running out of toilet paper in the pandemic was any small indication <laughs> of what it'd be like, I have never been in an area where there's a hurricane and there's looting or things like that, that again, I don't think these people are these pure evil. I can put them in a box type people. It's this opportunistic or maybe out of, out of need or other things and those type of situations make me nervous. It builds off of a fear that that I have of just all these these nice boxes and rules and things that we have in our world just being able to be dissolved what seems like fairly easily. Yeah, yeah definitely. And when I was I was thinking of, you know, the Joker as one of the more interesting villains, uh Heath Ledger, the 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 Dark Knight, that is I think my favorite portrayal of the Joker, because there's there's so many different ones. Mark Hamill you know, was more of like a really maniacal evil portrayal and Joaquin Phoenix was the more, you know, very tortured backstory thing. But, but yeah, the Heath Ledger, uh, Joker, that really was such an interesting perspective to go with. Uh, and on that movie, and that's one thing I really like about that movie is it really does like, I mean, all these tests that he puts everybody through the whole thing where he's like, you know, if this, if this man isn't dead within the hour, I'll blow up a hospital. And like, what does society do with that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, or the two barges where it's like, mm -hmm. well, if you blow up the other one, then you can live. But if nobody blows each other, then you both go and, and, and all of these things where it's like, it, it does kind of make you think like, Oh geez. in society, like how quickly could things fall apart? And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little scary to really jump into that. But yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that's definitely, he, that's one of my favorite portrayals of the Joker. I think that's such an excellent villain. Yeah, in that I movie. agree. And outside of that, I just have a couple honorable mentions just because they're pretty different. I actually was thinking about Predator from Predator because it's this, it's a very clear villain trying to kill people, but also has honor. This idea of like, they're on a hunt, but they're not actually after children and defenseless people of any kind. Yeah. Um, and then another one, um, spoiler alert, Norman Bates from, from Psycho, right? Where it's just, Ooh, yeah. it's just this whole twist, right? Of uh, Anyway, I mean, you guys know the story, but I just think very unique villains. And I think that when you think of Psycho as a classic, it's because 
of Norman Bates. It's not, there's, there's other aspects to it, but there is no psycho. If there is no Norman Bates, if there is no villain in there that, that is so unique, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so unique. And just one of these super iconic, uh, iconic characters from, from all of, you know, film and yeah, just, such a twist. I, I I still remember the first time watching that movie and not not knowing all the details behind it. Uh, <laughs> finding out on those big reveals and just being like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, what? it's more like a double take. I was like, "Wait, did I miss something?" That I went, "No, huh?" Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Well, and those movies are so well done. I truly hate horror movies, but I can really appreciate a good thriller especially these classics when i was thinking of villains yeah like psycho what a good villain that creeps you out and all of that and it's not so over the top in how scary it is even though you know it's a scary movie really um i was thinking the same thing with like rear window or wait until dark like those are two very scary bad guys but at the same time i mean it's just scary in the fact that it kind of makes your skin crawl and it's creepy and yeah, definitely. But we could go on for forever. I think there's so many, <laughs> there's so many interesting definitely. villains. There's so, so many. many different complexities behind them to make them. Sean, you touched on, you know, with Magneto where he, he feels like he's doing the right thing. Like he doesn't see himself as the villain. Uh, that leads to a whole other thing too. Like I, I finally, I know I was very late to the party, but I finally watched the, all the Marvel movies I was way behind. Um, but Thanos, you know, was an interesting yeah. character to me because he thinks he's doing what needs to be done. You know, I don't think, I don't think he sees himself as the villain, at least for not, not for most of the movie, uh, movies. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah, we could go on and on and on. <laughs> I've got so <laughs> many I could, I could talk about, but, uh, we want to know what you think, uh, listening at home or, or in your car or wherever you listen to this show. Um, we'd love to hear about your favorite, uh, villains. Send us an email at the favorite show at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear what you like. Uh, I mean, and there's so many, so many shows and so many movies that we haven't seen. And I know some people's favorite villains are probably from things that I've never even heard of. So please let us know. We'd love to, you know, follow up and talk about, uh, these in future episodes. And while you're at it, uh, make sure and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love a five-star rating. That helps us to kind of uh, rise to the top of the searches uh, as people are looking for our podcast. It helps us to be found a little easier. And uh, we only want five stars. That's it. You are not going to be one of our favorite villains if you give us anything <laughs> fewer, yes. fewer than five. So don't even think about it. Don't even. Don't go there. It's a bad idea. Five stars only. Uh, and I think that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks for joining me guys. This was really awesome. I'm glad we could do it and we will be back next week with another episode of a to be determined topic. Maybe we'll start planning these out a little further ahead, but for now (laughs) we're just going to pick them as we go. So (laughs) until next time, my name is Aaron. (laughs) I'm Sean and I'm Shannon. And this has been the favorite show. Thanks for listening. See you guys. See you next week. Cue the music. There it is. I was waiting for it.